And good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Let's Talk Movies. I'm Brad. And I'm Miguel. And super, super special show. This is Purely and Simply Evil, episode 13. And we are joined by two very special guests, Frank Riker and Darren Sands of the Slaughtered Lamb Movie Podcast. Uh, you know them as two of the, the hosts at the Slaughtered Lamb, as well as uh, the moderators over on Dave, uh, two of the moderators over on Dave McRae's channel. Two awesome dudes we have been super excited to have on. Uh, so please welcome to the show, Frank Riker and Darren Sands. How are you guys doing, man? Good. Good. Good to see you. Good. You even got us on the right side as well. We like yeah, we're really? comfortable on this side. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. Good. that's good. I've actually I've accidentally switched us before, and he's like, "You got to put it back. I can't do this. I can't <laughs> it do it." Doesn't feel right, does it's, it? It's like trying to write with like your opposite hand. You you can't do it. You get lazy eye, right? You're just like following. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think in the beginning of this podcast, we were like on opposite sides, and then when we did this one, we kind of went to this one and we just kind of got used to it i think we were when we switched to <laughs> to you because we used to use zoom and we used to pre-record all of our stuff um and when we switched to Streamyard, it switched so it was like then you got to get you got to get used to it but yeah, yeah um thank you guys so much for agreeing to come on we we really appreciate your time um frank i know you have kids i know you guys have busy schedules with your jobs and your personal lives so we really appreciate you taking the time on uh this saturday morning oh thanks for having us we're, we're so, really looking forward to it yeah no problem our pleasure yeah, so we are going to talk an American Werewolf in London today. Um, been super excited. We actually recorded our commentary for this, which is out now on our channel, um, about a month and a half ago. So we've been we've been really looking forward to this one. Um, so, you know, let's talk about you guys a little bit. So, you know, we'll we'll get to American Werewolf in a few minutes. But to start off, I wanted to take some time um, because you know this is a big space and. You know, there's a whole lot of different channels with whole wide ranges of content. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about how you and Frank met and how you guys initiated this idea with each other? Go ahead, Darren. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, we we worked together for probably about five years on Dave's channel now in the, you know, moderating the chat there. Cool. And I think it was during the pandemic, um, I reached out to Frank and said, you know, hey, we've got similar tastes and that. Do you want to do something? And he said, yeah. I mean, he was thinking about doing something himself anyway. Um, so we we hopped on a Zoom call one evening and we just chatted for like three hours and recorded it cool. and found out we had a hell of a lot of stuff in common and, um, and then sort of decided that we were going to, you know, put together an audio podcast, which um, we started, I think, uh, around about September, October of 2020. Um, we did around about, I think, about six, eight months on there and then made the jump to YouTube. Um, and it's been it's been good. We've, we've done around about, I think we're up to about 180 episodes or something like yeah. that now. So uh, we've had a lot of fun, and you know, when you with like you two guys, when you when you click with somebody, it feels right, and you yeah. know, it's felt right since day one. So um, we've had a lot of fun. Yeah, you guys yeah, are it, you guys are kicking ass. You, you're, I, sure. I love watching. Oh, I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's we 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 find out when you we start doing shows like this that you have actually more in common than just movies. Mm -hmm. Music comes out, shows, mm -hmm. personal life, way you grow yeah. up. Yeah. Um, because uh, without doing something like this, you always think uh, growing up and going to school, you're the only one that likes horror movies, likes action yep. movies, likes the type of comedies. But doing shows like this and what you and Miguel and Bre uh, uh, are doing is, is you know that there's a lot more people out there yeah. that like the same thing. So it's a nice, nice community. And when we started this, oh, we were shit. 
We were awful. <laughs> so uh, were we. We, 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 we were polite. Oh, well, we were. We, we were just like stuttering, and uh, our mouth was dry, and we forgot to say stuff. And, and they were like, "That's god awful." <laughs> I don't think I want to be with Darren. He's fucking up. <laughs> Again, who the hell was this guy? <laughs> yeah, he started this. I wanted to be by myself. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny you mentioned about the community thing because, like, I had seen. You know, I had never would have dreamed that we would have had a channel or anything like that. But like, you know, really around the time that Halloween 2018 came out, it was like, holy shit, there's this whole online presence of people that, you know what I mean? Like this mm -hmm. whole community between yep. all these different channels. Um, and that's, you know, when I found Dave and the, we watched the movie guys and so many different people. And I was like, this is this is really cool. You know, so if this it... was our pandemic project. I texted him literally how it went. I texted him and I was like, hey. I have an idea. And he was like, sure, let's do it. <laughs> no yeah, discussion. Let's just do it. We ain't do anything for two years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we started out really... just like, sorry, we just started out just walk, like talking about movies constantly. Like it started out like uh, during the pandemic, we just like, we're just call each other like constantly, like around like the end of the end of the evening. And we mm. just talked for like hours on end. And that was all great and stuff. But then one day he called me in particular and he was like, hey man, I have a really great idea. Let's uh do a podcast and i was like bro you're an idiot like why would we even bother doing it <laughs> like why would why would anyone listen to us so but luckily i just decided like you know what, why not we are in a pandemic so let's let's just let's just do it and then the as the road goes you know with every single bumps and turns uh i started out on a on my iphone 8 because i had terrible uh quality so now look at us we're just using a Pretty good equipment now, and we're having yeah, a good yeah. show. So excellent! You upgraded the Streamyard. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what's really so. cool I find about it as well is that you know there's so much shit going on in the world with the pandemic and the war mm -hmm. that's going on at the moment, and mm -hmm. you forget that there are genuinely nice people out there. Yeah. And you know that's one of the things that Frank and I are really touched about are the messages that we get and the comments that we get, and it's like. Wow, what is, we're just two guys chatting to each other, and you're listening, and you're saying all these really nice things. It's um, it's 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 really humbling at times, and you know, yeah. it's uh, it's a nice uh, a nice community to be involved in. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Um, and it's funny because I was actually traveling with some family the last couple of days, and I was telling my I was with my parents, and I was telling them about you know having you guys on your show and. They were like, "What's the name of it?" And I said, "The Slaughtered Lamb," and I explained the the American Werewolf in London connection. And my dad was like. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, that's really cool. So, um, so I really like the, the best and worst format that you guys have kind of adopted. Cause it's different from where you guys started, as you said, a few mm. minutes ago, like it's been cool to see that evolve. Where did that idea come from? Darren thought of that. I Darren thought of that. It's yeah, just like, the, it's like, we're getting boring. You know, it's the, okay. We're doing, we're trying to change uh, from what everyone else is doing. You know, we did the Cool Cruel Summers, which basically mm -hmm. killed Darren. Uh, he was like Rob Oteen on the thing. You know, it's just like, I can't do this all by myself. I'm passing out. Uh, editing 10 movies, you know, through a whole decade. Yeah. It's just, it's, oh. it's, it's, it's killing me. Yeah. And uh, so he just came up with, let's do the best and worst of, you know, pick a category. And let's say, okay, John Carpenter movies. Pick a movie during that time. And plus, when you do best and worst of each of us give our own opinion. Mm. He may not agree with me and I may not agree with him, but on some things, you know, we do find, you know, we do agree what is the best and what is the worst sometimes yeah. more so than, uh, than we like to admit. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, 
it, it's it's you know what and plus we probably get some a little bit of uh um uh, inspiration from you know other channels like yourself and see where you're going with it and just maybe twist upon it uh but yeah it's 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 uh it seems to be going well for us so far yeah it, mm. it is and yeah, it's kind sure. of funny when, it's almost funny when you don't agree to not you all specifically but like when you don't agree with someone else like yeah. we, we've done that a few times because you know we started off with the let's talk movie show and then the kind of the point of this purely and simple evil show was to be able to introduce him to horror because he wasn't really a horror guy so like you know it's cool it's just cool the different dynamics that people have like you were both huge horror fans i was a huge horror fan he was not you know so it's like it's just it's really cool to see um like different channels and how they you know their interactions and how kind of their different backgrounds and it's just it's cool man i like talking to people so that's you know that's that's what's so cool about this community and miguel do you find yourself warming to to horror now that you've been watching more of the films yeah for sure um well just to start out like i was like ridiculously like fearful of like uh horror movies like i've told brad in the audience a number of times that like i used to go to like video rental stores like with like vhs's like that's i'm still Mm -hmm. at that little generation and there would be like a movie section at the very end that had like you know uh like animes and like godzilla movies because i'm a big godzilla fan as you can see and but to get through there, you had to get through the horror section. It was like two aisles, and I would literally like shield my face because I was so scared <laughs> of the covers. Like Stephen King's It, fucking Pennywise, frightened me the two mark horror <laughs> as a kid. So I I did not even bother watching. So it wasn't until like you know middle school or high school where I just started like you know what, I'll start watching it, and I started realizing like how like how like uh interesting the movies are in and of itself like even with like horror movies there's still like a lot of great stories in there obviously there's some campy stuff here and there but horror movies really do have really intriguing storylines in this in that genre so i started getting a little bit more interested in i didn't particularly watch it all the time until i met brad and i kept seeing him wearing halloween uh get out and i was like bro is your thing halloween like what is it about this man in this white mask so i is just everybody's uh, I know. <laughs> Everybody so, isn't in Halloween. Yeah, Where I have was. You the, been? Yeah, Frank, I was the guy that we talked about earlier. That like, what is Halloween or who is Michael Myers? I really didn't know who it was. I knew he was some like scary guy that I just didn't want nothing to do with. But I started growing into it more and more, and it was. Uh, I was able to get me into it, and when we decided to watch uh, Rob Zombies first, um, I he he would continue to tell me be like. Rob Zombie's uh, first movie was great. Second one, pretty mid, but the rest you just gotta you just gotta watch and you know absorb everything. And that's what mm-hmm. I was doing. So when we started with Halloween, it was uh, definitely like a good like introduction to like actually delving into Halloween. So and and into the horror genre. So there's now like a bunch of movies, horror movies in general that I liked a lot. A lot of more uh, modern ones too, like uh, Malignant and all the other ones that I've heard about. I actually find those really interesting. So, yeah, he slapped I think him right in the face, it. didn't he, with the Halloween series? He, Rob he Zombie really did. didn't he give you he the first really one. Did. Here's Rob Zombie. Watch this first. That was just... <laughs> well, that's because I think it's because that was his first Halloween movie too. He was like, "You got to watch what I watch first, man." So that's how it well, goes. <laughs> it, it actually was. I was I was a horror fan prior to that, but I wasn't. I actually became a Halloween fan later, and I had seen Rob Zombie's first before I ever saw the original. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of I was into Elm Street way more than when I was younger. I was way more into Elm Street, but so 
Um, you guys are both obviously horror nuts, but like, what other genres or um, types of films are you guys into? Like, what are what are some other movies that have really impacted you guys besides movies like American Werewolf? Um, you can kind of tell us a little bit about that. Oh, I mean, I I love a lot of action movies. Um, Darren and I have talked uh, about our love for movies like RoboCop. Yeah, uh, the original Total Recall with Arnold, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, basically, uh, basically, uh, we like that, that the silly action. Yeah, you know, uh, like like some guy with a big gun blowing up a safe to a bank. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be like a uh, a skeleton inside counting the money, stuff like right. that, like weird <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's funny when you could take a movie and not take it seriously, and then make fun of it and still enjoy it. I think right. you got a gem on your hand. Absolutely. And that that was the whole yeah. kind of point of the of the podcast and the and the shows that we do is that we we don't take films too seriously. I mean, I work in the film industry, so I absolutely love every single genre of movie right. making. Um, but you know, Frank and I tend to gravitate things that to, towards things that we can have a lot of fun with, and you know, absolutely. it's interesting because we were chatting about a movie the other day and we were just having fun with it, and some guy in the chat's getting really serious and going, "Yeah, you, make, you guys make me sick when you don't take this seriously," <laughs> and it's like, "Chill out, it's a film. We're it's actually a zombie movie. Yeah, exactly. We <laughs> it's love not real this life. Film. <laughs> <laughs> we no, just like to have fun with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Have you all have you seen that sadness movie? Oh Is yeah. That? Is that what you were watching? Yeah, yeah, dude. How was that? Because I haven't seen it yet. That that is something to throw Miguel headfirst into. See how he yeah. gets on with that. Shoot, that makes me want to watch it. I'm a I'm a big zombie guy. I love zombie movies. So it's a gut Miguel, punch, Miguel. It's not a slap in the face on Rob Zombie. It's a gut punch. It is it's really sadness. The sadness. The sadness. It's a shudder okay. movie. Um, uh, basically, it's a it's kind. Of, have you ever saw it? Twenty eight days later. I love. Um, yeah. Later. Yeah, yeah, it's basically a, a, a kind of virus outbreak that kind of reduces its victims to sort of their kind of primal instincts, and it's. I guess you could say it's zombies with that can talk, run, shoot, stab, do anything, oh um, uh, make it, love. Yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, it's really fucked up, um, wow. and 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 you know. You, Go, tread carefully when you start watching it. That's all I would say. Oh, that's man. Awesome. Hit first, Brad. We're okay. Yeah, uh, you're, you're ready for it. Butter up. You're ready. Let's do um, it, then. So, you feel so bad like, laughing at little parts of it. You're like, uh-huh. oh, no, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. They went there. Oh, God, they went there. I'll tell you, 28 Days Later is one of those movies that it, it legitimately, it's one of the few movies that legitimately still to this day kind of freaks me out. Mm. Like something mm-hmm. about the atmosphere of that movie and just the way it's presented it it's it's eerie i mean it's a yeah. really eerie movie the, i love the scene when when they're trying to fix the flat tire in the tunnel and all the rats start the rats start <laughs> running the opposite direction i don't it's it's a really cool movie man well i'm excited to get to that one um so yeah, it's great by the way if you guys are watching if you've got questions for frank and darren please throw them in the chat and uh, we'll get to them at some point Let's talk American Werewolf in London, um, released on mm. August 21st, 1981, written and directed by John Landis, who also did Trading Places with Dan Aykroyd, James Lee Curtis, Eddie Murphy, did The Blues Brothers, um, Coming to America, which is one of my favorite Eddie Murphy movies of all time. <laughs> uh, and interestingly enough, the Thriller music video, which I believe he co-wrote that with Michael Jackson, if I'm not yeah, directed mistaken. it, yeah. 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 Um, and even the makeup artist, I forget his name. 
Rick Baker. Um, Rick Baker. Rick Baker. Yeah. Yep. He, I know Michael Jackson kind of wanted that to be a love letter to, you know, the zombie mm. genre and um, an American werewolf. Because Thriller came out in what, 19... Was it 84? Three, four, I think. Yeah, some um, of the early 80s. He'd seen... Um, Michael Jackson had seen American Wolf in London and and got in touch with John Landis and Rick Baker and said, "Look, I want to do this music video. Will you help me out?" And yeah, um, yeah, they were on board. He obviously threw the money at them and they came on board. <laughs> we got the two. We got the best director in Hollywood at the time and the best mm-hmm. makeup artist, Oscar-winning right. makeup artist. They actually created a category for mm-hmm. um, special effects at the Academy um, just so that they could gift him an Oscar for American Wolf in London. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he got those two on board and 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 made Thriller on the strength of American Wolf in London. So Werecat, yeah, Werecat. It, it doesn't <laughs> yeah, quite look yeah. like a wolf, does yeah. it? Yeah, uh... no. Yeah, it's kind of strange looking. Yeah, it's it's, it's more. He it, comes it's like a... running at me. I'm throwing some nip at him. Like... <laughs> <laughs> you get like a the spritz of water. Yeah, <laughs> lemon and <laughs> <in> water. <laughs> 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 Got to get rid of him. Um, so had a budget of six million dollars, but made over sixty-two million at mm. the box office, which is a pretty good haul. Yeah, um, especially sure. for especially for eighty-one. Um, here's the ultimate question. I'm gonna slap you both in the face. Is American Werewolf in London the greatest werewolf movie of all time? Yes. yes. Oh <laughs> I <agree>. wow. <laughs> I would agree. You know, it's funny. I was actually I was watching which one was it? I think it was the the newest Wolfman film that came out that was probably what 2007 or something? Benicio del Toro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was watching the the transformation scene, and it it honestly it doesn't hold a candle. It, it literally doesn't even hold a candle. And to it's the same guy that did the work as well. Really? Yeah, yeah. But they used a lot of CG, wow. I think, Frank, didn't they? On yes. them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it was the CG that probably like kind of like. Uh, made it semi like threw you out of the movie so to speak as compared mm. to the transformation of like an american werewolf in london like you can actually feel and see the pain that uh oh, yeah. he's going oh, yeah. through in that transformation and as it should i suppose because you know your first transformation is not is not supposed to be the most like comfortable or no, well, for that no. matter i don't know with other transformations like even in the howling which i think the howling's transformation is really strange too mm-hmm. like the bubbling of it, it almost looks like his skin is boiling underneath of you know it, yeah. it's weird but like it's like they wanna, yeah, <laughs> yeah like a yeah, exactly uh it's like they want to rush to the werewolf part they don't want to you can't like sit and kind of revel in the the agony of like what's happening to the, the person which is what i think made the scene with david so great is it, it he looks like he is in complete agony yeah during that scene and it, and he said the 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 john landis said to rick baker you know i want to do this in broad daylight i don't want yeah. you to kind of hide him in the dark and make things mm-hmm. easy for yourself i want you to do this in broad daylight which was a huge challenge for them um yeah. but yeah they built um i think it was um pinewood or shepperton or one of the london studios they mm. built um uh, a set there and buried uh, david norton half underneath the floorboards um particularly for that scene when he's on his back on the floor um and you can see him start you know the, the, he's sort of on all fours but upwards if you like mm-hmm. um and they you know they he, they left him in there for like a week didn't they frank i think it was shooting including lunch we'll be back yeah, they, lunch. they just they just leave him for lunch under the floorboard they, they just left on his own 
<laughs> that is brutal. Yeah. Could yeah. you imagine just having to kind of, and you, you not imagine he's not in a comfortable position. Like it's not, you know what I mean? Just having to sit there for hours on end while they're gone. That would be awful. <laughs> we'll we'll bring it back a, a soda and a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want Coke or Pepsi? What do you want? Yeah. Uh, Simon Mills actually says the Wolfman made Rick Baker quit Hollywood because he wanted to do mm. transformation, but they went with CGI. Yeah. yeah. Yep. yeah. Wow. Yep. I didn't know it's that. True. Yeah. He Whoa. just had enough then. Plus it's um, probably he, a little cheaper too. That's oh, yeah. the thing. I can you know, see you, that. Yeah, you, you. That's why there's so much CGI in films now because you know if you if you have to do multiple takes on practical effects, the cleanup and and reset of the you know the scene is it takes forever. Whereas with CG, yeah. you just do the one take and then worry about it in post production. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, right. It's it, yeah. Poor Rick Baker. Yeah, he really got burnt by that film. Yeah. Well, um, and I think part of the like they're so. And this isn't really a negative thing because I completely understand, but I think studios are so like they want to expedite the process. They want to make it, they want everything mm. to be as quick and seamless as it possibly can be when they're filming. So like the, like you said, the teardown and the resetting up and having to keep doing those prosthetic effects. Plus, I mean, I'm sure that costs a lot of money, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, and oh, the effects yeah. themselves. So <laughs> it didn't say that thing, like time is money. And you know, if, if a studio is delayed, that's even more money that they're, uh, that they're wasting right there. So, I mean, mm -hmm. whatever mm -hmm. there is to expedite the process, they're willing to do it. And yeah. uh, fortunately and unfortunately, CGI was, uh, you know, a big part of that uh, factor of like, hey, we can expedite this movie. We can get it out, you know, ahead right. of schedule. So let's yeah. uh, let's yeah. just do it. Yeah. 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 Uh, HT says, uh, did you see the sequel, American Werewolf in Paris? I have actually oh. not. I have not seen the sequel. <laughs> oh, but I don't, hear, I don't hear good things. Blasphemous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. My God, it's terrible. Um, really, it reeks like yeah. the country. Yeah, yeah. Oh. for a, for a long time, um, you know, for, Derek. Come on, <laughs> for a long time they, uh, yeah, they like a lot of garlic. I'm not a big garlic fan. Oh, uh, oh like my, garlic. my Italian heart just. You just slap my Italian heart. <laughs> um, for a long time, they were actually going to do a sequel to An American Wolf in London, a proper sequel with the with some of the original characters. Um, but it just never it never got off the ground. And um, I think somebody bought the rights and and they made a um, uh, American Wolf in Paris, which is kind of unlinked. Really, I think is, is there some link to it, Frank? I can never remember. The now. only link is that you see the the dead victims. Right, that's okay. that's but basically the character-wise, they're not linked to the uh, original characters, are they? I can't. I've only no, seen it once, and no, it was not terrible. at all. Not at all. But, I mean, the 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 the, the wolf uh, in this movie kind of looks like a, a, a rabid poodle. Uh, oh, that could be scary too. <laughs> How scary? Yeah, <laughs> the face is all smushed in. You know, it's definitely CGI. They could walk on all. They could walk on two, and then when they want to chase you, then they go to four. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just it's weird that's interesting mm. that's interesting uh random reviews may have some fighting words for you and darren uh he says the sequel is way better than the original oh my god <laughs> <laughs> well you're entitled you, gentlemen you're entitled well that's a wrap we'll see you later joking. <laughs> i hope you're joking you just killed the slaughterland movie podcast uh, that's a wrap on the whole thing evil alex what's going on man he says speaking of practical effects and cgi i still want to see the practical effects cut of the thing prequel from 2009 that film wasn't bad at all only the cgi takes it down for me they masked over um mm. yeah i agree that film did have a lot of cgi to it um yeah 
I know. I I don't mind that. That I mean, I love yeah. the original version mm-hmm. of the thing, but the 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 sequel or remake or prequel or whatever you want to call it, um, I didn't mind it. I thought there were some interesting shots in there. Obviously, there was a lot of practical work, which they kind of, you know, they just sort of finished off with CG, which was just bizarre. Yeah. It kind of mm-hmm. just doesn't sit right properly. So I agree with with Evil Alex. I'd like to see if there's a version that kind of omits all that CG. Um, but that's, I still there, think the movie was quite good. Yeah, isn't there? Wasn't there a scene in that prequel where they like they come upon the actual spaceship uh, underground? Right. Mm, I prequel? believe so. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, in regards to practical effects, I'm sure that's a big budget if they try to go for that. But I'm sure that would have been CGI. But nevertheless, I think the Thing prequel did a really good job at like you know being it being what it is a prequel because the way I, I, they I, like laid a lot of things out for like mm, what's to come if you ever want to yeah. watch the actual thing. I agree. I well, I know it's unbelievable as a woman being left with all those men in Antarctica. That's unbelievable. <laughs> that's a that's a challenge mean? itself. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the computer ha- had its buttons pressed more than once uh, <laughs> from the original thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't kill the chess uh, the chess computer. It's the only girl we have here. <laughs> you know, I, even kind of thinking about it, like I think back to. Um, like some of those earlier episodes of the walking dead where they had mixed like cgi effects and practical effects and it's a really weird it's a weird combination like i don't it's think not transitioned that. right right you no. can tell yeah, yeah. like even some of the some of the blood splatter like where they're shooting zombies like it's almost like it's like well that one was practical nope that one looked terrible that one was yeah. right it's just it's really spotty like and it's it's obvious like it almost kind of yeah it, you know like ripped you out of that scene um and that's again that's back to what i was saying before because um uh, what's his name? Who does the? Uh, who's one of the main guys on The Walking Dead? Oh, Andrew Lincoln. No, the uh, special effects guy. Greg um, Nicotero. Greg oh, Nicotero. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, obviously he's a big practical guy, but yep. you know, watching interviews with him, he says exactly the same that he's had to embrace CG for that reason because yeah. you know the Walking Dead, the turnaround times that they have on that show, mm. there's not enough time to mop things up and reshoot, so they just add it in later. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I think they've gotten a lot better about that too, which I mean, they have more money now too than they did in that first season. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're big walking dead fans. I don't know if you guys have watched. I, but... uh, do you know what I got? I used to love it and I got as far as, um, the series, whereas they had about 25 opportunities to kill Negan. It was the series <laughs> after, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was the series after he'd killed, um, Steve Ewan. Um, Glenn, yeah, Glenn. yeah, yeah, and I was just like, "Come on now, come yeah, on." Yeah, Egan, Negan was without a doubt protected by the script itself. Nothing yeah. less, nothing. <laughs> well, he's more. a fan yeah. favorite, right? Yeah, yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So he's not the governor, you know, because the kind of the governor is just like just. Yeah. Get he was a little bit, yeah, yeah. He but was a Negan short, had personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Am I right in thinking that he's now like a he's gone like in the wrestling world? You know, when they turn face. He's he's like a hero in the show now yeah, or something. He, he's yeah, actually yeah. kind of redeemed himself a lot um, after what he did. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, and a lot of it comes from because, of course, like Maggie, Maggie was pregnant when he killed mm-hmm. Glenn. So like he saved their child a whole bunch, and like it's he's kind of had a, a big one eighty. So um, okay, yeah, he's, he's and he's going to be a daddy. I'm Are you sorry, still what? watching it, Frank? Yeah, Negan's going to be a daddy. 
Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I did not. I must have I missed completely that. Forgot. Well, you're not caught up, are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Spoiler alert! That's perfectly fine. That's very fine. I'm not one to like, you know, get upset with spoilers. But I will say, Negan's storyline has definitely been one that I've like uh, been very interested in, mainly from his like uh, his like backstory episode when you got to see like why he became what he is, and you could mm-hmm. definitely tell like the way he was so like um, charismatic and just his long monologues and like continually like uh always trying to be like oh i'm on top of the world there's nothing that can destroy me his backstory like really sets the stage for like why he acts the way he does so Hmm. it's like really into the it really delves into the mind of negan and how he became like such a psychotic man so you almost feel for the guy whenever he does all this stuff and then the conversation with maggie and negan it really puts it in perspective of like well, who was the real villain or who was the real bad guy in that uh, Negan and the uh, and Rick's group? So like it really it really gave you like a real like a pull pull between other sides. Like, well, mm. who's right and who's wrong? So kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, we've we've got super off the rails here. Um, but no. we've, <laughs> we've completely done. A, we've done a 180. Um, Evil Alex says, actually, there was supposed to be a woman in the Carpenter film, but she got pregnant before shooting and didn't want to be on a base in Antarctica for months, pregnant with a bunch of men shooting a horror film. And I don't blame her. <laughs> I don't blame her. Wow, I never I knew that. Huh. That's interesting. I never yeah, knew that. Yeah, that. that is pretty interesting. Uh, so for you guys, what made American Werewolf in London stand out for you the first time you had seen it? Um, like, what was your first experience with that movie? Uh, for me, when I, when I saw it as a kid, I didn't realize that. I thought the transformation scene was absolutely real. I thought this stuff was absolutely Ooh. real. Uh, and I remember, like, I was born the year it came out. So when I saw it, you know, as, like, three or four years old, I thought he was actually changing into a wolf. And I actually wanted to be a werewolf. I think all kids wanted to be either werewolves <laughs> or vampires at some point yeah, yeah. in their life. Um, and then uh, my dad would fast forward past the theater scene because he didn't want me to see what was on the screen uh, played <laughs> in the background. Uh, but I didn't care about that. I just wanted to see this transformation. I just wanted to see more, more of the wolf. And I absolutely loved it. And it, it, it is the transformation scene that makes this movie the best werewolf movie of all time. And when David breaks the fourth wall and he looks at you and he reaches out even for you to help yeah. him, mm. it, it just pulls you in closer. And the characters are so lovable. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. know everyone. But it's so funny because... When you go, when you, uh, Darren, close your ears because I'm going to say something about British people for a moment. Oh, uh, crap. It, it's, it's, uh, they're so proper. They're so proper and they're so straight to the point and they don't mess around. And having David uh, come in, yeah. who's this American who's uh, boisterous and doesn't care, he's very handsy, you know, uh, with his girlfriend. Uh, it is true that you know he's a stranger in a strange land. Either though, yeah. there's more common ground than anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I even love like when they walk into uh, when they walk into the slaughtered lamb for the first time, and there's such a contrast between the two of them and everybody else in the room. Like you kind of get that cold stare from everybody. You know, <laughs> that bothers Darren. That bothers Darren a little bit. Well, then, for me, well, I <laughs> the, the the one thing for me that. that I mean, I saw Michael Jackson's thriller, the making of Michael Jackson's thriller, and they talked about American Wolf in London. And that's what got me to see the movie. So I think I saw it in about 84 first. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I then watched it and realized that um, where it's supposedly set at the start of the film is is near the part of the country where I'm from. And oh. so that I kind of got, you know, gravitated towards that as well. So it's it's set in the Yorkshire Moors and I'm a Yorkshireman. I'm from Yorkshire. Um, so I was really attracted to that. And then also I then moved to London and, and started living and working in London. And so my office was just outside of Piccadilly Circus. And so wow. every day I would walk through Piccadilly Circus to get to my office. That's and awesome. then I'd stand there and look around and think, wow, this is where it all took place. And yeah. this is where they shut this place down for two nights to make to do all that filming of the the car crashes and throwing the severed head around and, you know. So I was really drawn to it on a lot of personal levels. But the pub itself, there are a lot of pubs like that in the north of England that you would walk in and, like, be completely out of place because yeah. it's a local pub, you know, and they, they don't usually have people from out of town, particularly Americans. Right. So or tea. Yeah. Didn't they, <laughs> did they tea. ask, was it tea or coffee that they asked for when they walked in? Soup they, first. Soup, yeah. Because they were tea. hungry. Yeah, yeah. No. Well, we don't have any of that. No. But I, but I can make some if yeah. you like. <laughs> uh, back to the retro station says, who's the best actor, the balloon kid or the hospital ward no kid? <laughs> I like the balloon kid. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I would think the Baloo kid has more lines. Yeah. I, I think the Baloo kid's pretty funny. True. Um, you know, like for me, I think American Werewolf, I, I remember seeing bits and pieces of it when I was a kid, but I can't. It's one of those movies where I can't remember for the life of me, like when or where the first time I really sat down and watched it was. So, like when we recorded our commentary a few weeks ago, I had, like, that was the first time I think as an adult I had seriously, like, sat down and I was like, holy crap amazing you know like mm -hmm. the from the transformation scene to it's also like i really find the blend of horror and comedy fascinating because that's so odd like one minute you're laughing your ass off because of you know the horny nurses or the the banter and the the, the difference between <laughs> the you know... peeping nurses <laughs> very true yeah <laughs> it's the horniest bunch of nurses i've ever seen man. it's just like how is what um but it's just, it's a really interesting like back and forth between the horror and the comedy aspects mm. of it, you know? It's difficult so, to do that, and they, they've yeah. got the blend, you know, to be able to jump from really, really funny to to goddamn scary, you know, like mm -hmm. the scene in the, you're laughing at them all in the cinema, and they're all talking and talking about the wounds and the fact that he must be, he must kill himself, and then literally five or uh, five minutes later, there's that scene where the he changes in the cinema, and the yeah. cop comes in and shines his light on the wolf and the body, and it's just like, damn, that's a horrible image. Yeah, you know, it's 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 there's some really scary stuff in there. Yeah, and I think a lot of people struggle like how serious to take it. You know, what's your mm -hmm. all's take on like how serious you should take this one? Well, it's not a belly buster of a movie, though, right? It's it's no. not right. like scary movie or anything like that. But yeah. you know what it is? I like to think that this movie's comedy is based on sarcasm. Hmm. Uh, oh yes yeah. absolutely i can agree with that wholeheartedly the amount of like uh i love this movie so much just because of like how sarcastic it, it can be at certain times and just to like you know knock off the idea like oh i can't be aware of or it's just you know 
if I'm not correct, they like kind of played into the fact that oh, he's just acting like an American or something like that. Isn't the fact mm. that he's actually a werewolf? Well, they thought he was thought crazy. Was, yeah, they thought just thought he was just a crazy American just in in London. But yeah, and like they didn't they didn't know until like you know the climax and was like oh shit, there's actually a rabid uh, werewolf around these parks. So. <laughs> well, even once he gets to the sexual harassment hospital, they it, <laughs> I mean it's like they they just kind of write him off as you know oh it was some lunatic or you know I think they said something about it, it was just a crazy person. He just lost his Mad friend. Man. He's out of his mind. It's yeah, expected yeah. of him. Right. And we're gonna let you go sleep with one of our nurses to feel better. It's a, there you go. Yeah. It's like a survival's guilt kind of thing. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's part of your rehab. <laughs> it's it's interesting because there's actually a, a radio play um, which has a lot of the um, original actors in it. Um, and oh, it's like an movie? audio cassette. Yeah, yeah, that you can listen to. It's pretty wow. much the same story, but expands on who the wolf is at the start of the movie. And it, apparently, it's the brother of um, Brian Glover. So Brian Glover's the huh. guy who's in Alien 3, who's sat in the pub, and who's telling the jokes about, and jokes out the Mexicans! <laughs> that, you know, with the Alamo yeah. joke and all that yeah, sort of yeah, stuff? Yeah. Um, it's apparently his brother that's the actual werewolf. Um, and that's yeah. why he's stood outside the church telling everybody to shut up. That's enough! You know, when, when the doctor comes to, to visit to investigate. That's interesting. Um, so... You know, it's it's an interesting listen, so you should maybe check that out because it has pretty much all the cast in there. Um, it's just an audio listen of the film, basically. Yeah, I'd like to check that out. Mm. Um, and it's funny because thinking back to even you know, like John Landis does that. You had mentioned Miguel, but like the the sarcasm, the sarcasm thing. Like he even does that. There's little tidbits of that in Coming to America and the Blues mm -hmm. Brothers. Like you kind of get that sarcastic like i think he's really good at at bringing that out you know what i mean I, you dumb fuck <laughs> i love the good morning my neighbors scene in, in coming to america oh it's a, it's uh, a very british um sense of humor um yeah, throughout yeah. the movie which yeah. he's not he's not british is he john landis yeah no 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 i, I didn't no. think so um, which that's just great shelved... acting on his part <laughs> <laughs> i think he had shelved this movie it was like over a decade, I think, like to, I think from what I understand, like the financiers were having trouble, like placing it in like one genre and they didn't yeah. want to, they didn't want to touch it, which he did. Yeah. Schlock, which is the other. Yeah. Yeah. Schlock. Schlock, yeah, yeah. I've, I've never seen Schlock, but I, I watched a couple of clips of it yesterday. It looks, it looks interesting. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, he wrote it in the late sixties. He was, um, he was a runner yeah. on, on Kelly's, uh, the movie Kelly's Heroes with Clint Eastwood and ah. Sutherland. And he wrote it while he was, uh, while he was, um, on set. And what he'd done was he'd seen a, um uh, a wedding i think it was if i remember right now he'd witnessed like a a gypsy wedding um and they buried the corpse um standing up but ups sorry upside down head first huh. and and he it's a he, wedding darren it, a wedding? Sorry, sorry, a, a, a funeral. Sorry, a okay. funeral. God damn it! I'm glad the two of us were like kind of. Here comes the father of the bride. We're yeah. gonna <laughs> prop a him funeral. up in the corner. Yeah. Slight color correction there. A funeral. Yeah. He yeah. witnessed a, a, a funeral, whereas they buried the corpse head first down, sort of vertically, to make sure that it couldn't get out, if you like. And he said he sat there wondering what would it be like if that corpse could get out and roam around, and that's where the the idea of 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 um, Jack coming back from the grave came from, 
Um, so yeah, so so that's where the inspiration came from. But you're right, he had it kind of a script for a good 10, 12 years before he actually yeah. got them to, to, to make it. It's kind of interesting that they thought you know, financiers were ready for schlock, but not. <laughs> they thought schlock was the, that was the one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kentucky Fried Movie. Kentucky Fried <laughs> Movie as well. Wow. Uh, meanwhile, Simon Mill says, you ever talk to a corpse? It's boring. <laughs> as we're talking about corpses and weddings and things like that. Um, yeah, until they talk to you and then it's actually exciting. Yeah. Well, you know, I actually remember seeing too that they, the studio actually wanted, they wanted him to cast uh, Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi. As mm. as David and Jack, which that would have been kind of interesting too. Yeah. Could have been a whole different movie if that could have. You know what I mean? But I mean, I honestly, sure. the guys. Uh, what were their names? Um, David, David, David Norton and Griffin actually, Dunn. Yes, I knew he was actually named David. Um, but I thought they did a really good job, though. You know, even like everything from the opening of this movie, like when when they're on the back of the truck with the the sheep, and you get like the famous, the, which you guys have used the. The classic line um <laughs> stick uh, to the roads stick to the roads are the best of luck the best of luck mm-hmm. so i there i like their banter at the beginning and um just kind of the it the first act of this like for me i feel like it really sets up like the <coughs> the really dreary you know it's cold and it's cloudy and kind of the i, I don't know if the weather is typically that's like england that in that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like that's the summer is, is, it, is it raining or is it not kind of thing you know um but it's kind of it's got that like mysterious weird atmosphere. But it, it's like it's weird because you get the the background. It's pay, it's like the this fun playful banter and you know the two of them kind of talking on the background of this weird dreary drizzly place. And like mm. like you said earlier, when you walk into the slaughtered lamb, it's just very. It's like there's a lot of contrast, you know, in yeah. in yeah. that first act. Um. Yeah, it's, it's cold. It, it's cold. It, the characters are cold too. I mean, mm. physically and, and emotionally, when they enter, their 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 acceptance is cold. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, it, John Landis has this uh, canning ability of not yelling "cut" when the scene's over with, and so uh, Griffin and, and David had no choice but to just tell knock knock jokes, uh, and they use that cool. in part of the movie uh, because he says some of the best stuff you put in the movies are not on the script. Mm. It, they're all mm. ad-libbed yeah uh, and that's what half this movie is just made up you know lines yeah, yeah. I, I like kind of the backdrop of that eerie bleak landscape you know i, I think it's it's cool it sets you're it talking up. about my hometown i know i'm not <laughs> <laughs> listen we live in kentucky so we get we, we all we get blue hills own, i know right all blue hills all six everybody seasons. walks around on dirt floors and we still use outhouses without electricity yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> moonshine uh, uh jinneries and everything it does sound like britain, <laughs> kentucky and britain. there you go uh miguel what were you getting ready to say i kind of cut you off there uh, I was just uh, talking about like the fact that like when it comes to ad libs that you kind of feel more it feels more authentic of a movie because like, you know, there's certain parts of like there are certain movies out there that are like you could tell this just being read right off the cuff, right off the script and everything. Mm-hmm. But when you hear those ad libs, you can immediately tell somewhat that, oh, yeah, this is just like this is like they're ad libbing something and the and the and they're like uh, other other actors are just like going with the flow. And I love seeing those little moments where it's like, oh, shit, we're ab living. OK, uh, let's let's figure, let's see if we can make this work. And I find that so much more uh, interesting, natural, and funny and yeah. natural. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Just seeing like their interactions with like with them in the pub and then 
yeah, I think it's just that pub scene was without a doubt one of those uh, scenes where it was like really set in the stage of like how out of place they felt mm. in the in in that pub. One thing I wanted to ask you guys, um, why is it when they left, they were not warned whatsoever of this werewolf? They were not warned, uh, like just they were just saying like stick to the roads and and well, I thought they you, were. I didn't feel like they were. They just like kept like they're saying just stay off, uh, stay on the roads, but nothing else. They they're said kind of like believe them, though, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, true. I could get that. Yeah. Mm. They kind of wants to bring attention it, to this little shanty town. You know, yeah. who wants to wants... shanty town? <laughs> well, Christ, <laughs> Darren, like you know, it ain't beautiful parts of the UK. <laughs> it's not fucking Manhattan or, or London for Christ's sakes. <laughs> You know, it's 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 a place oh, made out of sod and mud. You know, it's <laughs> it's the scene for Braveheart, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Holy shit! This is one of our, you know, finest collection of British actors in there as well. <laughs> Shanty <Yeah>. town. <laughs> and where are all all those actors now? Yeah. Probably still Actually, most up. of them are dead. <laughs> uh, but I think, like, they kind of danced around it, too. Like, even the pentagram drawn on the wall. And, like, they, mm-hmm. it, it was just kind of danced around the fact until they mm-hmm. were out. Which, you know, kind of even talking about Jack's death scene, like, um, which for me is, I think, honestly, it might be the scariest moment in the entire movie. Like, it's horrible. I don't know which of you would agree. Like, mm-hmm. not, you know, and it's not even just the, it, the kill is super violent and intense, but the buildup leading mm-hmm. into that moment is legitimate. The stalking crazy. of the werewolf. Like, yeah. 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 Like, there, there's kind of which the i really appreciate camera going around you know yeah. yeah and there's like like there's a lack of music there too like you just get like the sounds of the environment around them and their footsteps plus the werewolf kind of the sounds coming in different directions like i think that was really really well done um it's one of the creepiest moments in the movie mm. you know yeah um, yeah um and even, yeah it's it's i mean simon's right in the chat there that that those particular portions with the the interiors of the pub were filmed just outside of london but the exteriors were all filmed in in wales um and then the actual attack scene was filmed in hyde park in london um but the uh that sequence i i frank and i have chatted about this a few times but there are two sequences um, in my life where I've I've been really creeped out because you see a grown man screaming for his life in agony. One of them is Quint in Jaws when he gets bitten in half, yes. and the other one is is um, is 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 Jack in in American Werewolf when he's just absolutely pleading for his life, and his best friend is sprinting in the opposite direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he stops and he thinks, "Shit, I got to go back for him," and he turns and runs back. Um, but the mess that they make in that sequence is just horrific. It's it's one of the most violent on-screen deaths, I think. It well, really it, is. It's kind of sudden, too. You know what I mean? Like, we mm. go from that creepy, like you said, Frank, about, like, the, the rotating camera thing, and then it just it just happens, and mm. you're just stuck with that. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, I mean, it's, I don't know, even David running. Miguel, let's be honest. Would you leave me? Yeah, <laughs> he wouldn't have even gone there with you. Well, I mean, like, let's be honest. Like, like you said, there, like the the gore of that attack is so gruesome and so horrifying. Well, it's like it's the same way as like uh, a grizzly bear attack. Those are so ferocious and so scary. Like, yeah. nobody wants to be mauled by a by a fucking yeah. grizzly bear. So, like, I think they really like honed in on that like actual like horrific scene of like almost like a bear attacked him, not just a werewolf, but the way mm. they did it, it was just like, 
well, what can you do other than just like save yourself? And that's so unfortunate, but it's like, this is nature going against the both of us and nature has hands. So like, what do you do there at that point other than just to, you know, save yourself? So Brad, I'm terribly sorry. I would not know what to do. (laughs) I'm... I you want to go for Brad? There's still a little bit you didn't know yeah. on. He's still there. I'll I'll be back. Uh, Evil Alex says the attack is an underrated jump scare and comes from nowhere and is ter- is a terrifying scene with the Black Knight and the screams of his friend. Yeah, mm. you it's know it's great. such an impactful scene when when Griffin's mother cried at it. Oh, because really? That's, that's her baby. That's yeah. her. She 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 saw what was going on. Uh, even though it's a movie and it's makeup, and it's Rick Baker actually doing that uh, and wow. uh, doing all the makeup, she cried throughout the whole movie. <laughs> wow! Imagine I think her he got son he got depressed dead. himself, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, while he was doing the scenes where they made up him, made him up as a as a kind of zombie, one of the undead. Um, he actually got into a bit of a depressive state because he was in that makeup for so long. And, and yeah. you know, there's three stages of it. So you've got the the first time in the hospital, you've got the, the second time in the bathroom, I believe. And then the third the flat, time is yeah. kind of a, the third time's a, 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 a puppet that they use in the cinema. It's not actually him. Um, but the first two times when he was done up in that makeup, he, he said that he just couldn't handle it and he was just getting into a depressive state over it and going home and crying of an evening because of the image yeah. that was embossed in his head from looking in the mirror all the time. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. It's, Miguel, it's I'm pretty... going to haunt the shit out of you if you leave me. <laughs> <laughs> it'd, but be like really, normal, I mean, it'd be like this a normal is going... Tuesday or Saturday morning, so <laughs> we're online. <laughs> Going slightly off um, yeah. off topic with this, but Griffin Dunn's sister was one of the kids in Poltergeist, was the older sister in the Poltergeist movie. Ah. And um, right before, I think it was right before the Poltergeist movie came out, um, she was murdered um, by her boyfriend, wasn't oh she? Strangled. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so he had a kind of tough few years, didn't he? So you did to mm-hmm. deal with all of this is the, you know, the depression that he went through playing this character. Yeah. And then immediately after, like the next year that happened to his sister. So he had a few, you know, a tough old time in the early eighties. Yeah. Well, and I mean, even like, if you, if you think about that scene, like, you know, which, and it's hard because again, like a lot of the comedic elements come from Jack after he's like the decaying version of himself too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like a nurse, the, huh? Yeah, yeah. I like, <laughs> hi, David, with yeah. the Mickey Mouse. Um, I also love when he's st- like when uh, when David's in the bathroom and he he's looking at himself in the like the, the medicine cabinet mirror and he shuts it and he's just like, hey, like, he just kind of <laughs> yeah. standing off in the distance. Um, but really, Jack is kind of in hell almost. It's almost like mm-hmm. he's purgatory. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like stuck in limbo until, mm-hmm. you know, until David does this. Um, yeah. So that's it, it's kind of a really it's dark like it's it, it's weird again that weird mixture of like it's hysterical but it's also when you really think about like the meaning behind it it's like holy mm-hmm. crap it's it, mm-hmm. it's really kind of what dark was the there. what was the reason why they're in purgatory like what 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 did what needed to happen for him, for them to actually go into the afterlife because i kind of forgot that there the original wolf that killed his victims had to die yeah uh, because okay. they had a un 
I think it was called like a, an un. Uh, a, uh, it was a curse, it right? Dared. It's, a, it's they, an They have to sever the bloodline. Yeah, so. but they they yeah. called it. They had a unsatisfactory death or something like that. Mm. Uh, a death that was abnormal. Uh, so you know, I mean, not all of us get killed by werewolves every day. <laughs> Very true. You know? yes. so it was it was unnatural. They had an unnatural death. Uh, so that's why they were stuck in purgatory and yeah. their bloodline had to die in order yeah. for them to go to the great beyond. Well, because I think we pick up what, like after, after Jack's death, when the people, the people out of the slaughtered land come and shoot the wolf, it's like two or three weeks after that happened. Right. Mm-hmm. When the nurses are giving him the old peekaroo in, in the hospital. Yeah. Um, I think it's six weeks, isn't it? Is it? No, it's two weeks, isn't it? Two weeks. Yep. He was unconscious. He was in a coma. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, yeah. like, really, Jack has been, I mean, he's been just waiting all that time, you know, while while David was out of it. It's it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Um, yeah. Heal Alex says, on a side note, but I'm the only one that always uh, thinks of Al Pacino seeing the main character. Oh, yeah, he kind I could see that. He kind of looks like Al Pacino. Um, he oh, always kind of reminds me of him looking wise and a bit acting. So. <laughs> Hoo-ah! Tommy gun unnatural death so yeah like like an yeah. unnatural death um and then you know even I don't know it's interesting like prior to David's because we go from kind of after the first act is over like once once uh what's her name nurse Alex is that her name mm-hmm, once mm-hmm. She takes Alex Price. she takes yeah. her patient home, uh, and <laughs> like we, it's kind it's of rehab. It's a weird, uh, yeah, that's some hell of a rehab. You, you uh, don't do that in America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they give you they give you the bill on your lap while you're yeah. wheeling out. Know, right? Yeah, <laughs> you're dying on the table, and they're like, "That'll be a hundred thousand um, dollars." But no, like even it, it kind of again switches to more of a comedy. Like you get the stuff with Jack, you get kind of the stuff in the apartment where they're on top of each other every five minutes uh even like you prior to the prior to the transformation you get to see like with the dog the two kids sitting there holding the dog laughing and the dog is barking at him and when he tries to get back in the apartment like it's just it's a it's interesting kind of the shift in like it goes almost through phases of like tone Mm. in in this movie you know yeah um and the cat on the windowsill as well is hissing yeah 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 one thing that I like for me watching it, even uh, watching it again, what was your take on him when he's like the, his sequences where he's imagining like, I think it's when he's asleep and he might be dreaming it like mm-hmm. when he's like running butt ass naked through the woods and he's seeing like the deer running out and whatever else. And like, what's your take on that whole thing? It's it's for me, I like to think it's his body and his mind uh, accepting his transformation coming up. Yeah. You know, now he's watching he's watching himself in the bed or I know he's chasing after a deer. That animal instinct is coming and kind of like with Jack Nicholson and Wolf uh, where he went after a deer. Right. Uh, then he saw himself, you know, with the uh, nurse price about to uh, about to bite her. And then they saw the uh, his um, his family get slaughtered mm-hmm. uh, by wolf Nazis. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, which is not oh, funny. Oh, holy shit! Crap. I forgot about <laughs> the whole scene. I, I don't know Jesus. how I forgot about that. I was, I was. That, about I must say, have blocked like, that yeah. crap out of my mind. <laughs> that's funny because, wow. like, in the commentary, I'm pretty sure I meant I was like all over that part, that part in the movie. I was like, where the fuck did this come from? Yeah. So, but I was, I was just gonna talk about like because 
the scene where he's running in the woods because that was like semi in the beginning of the movie right like it was mm-hmm. like one of the very first still things. the first act yeah. yeah yeah so i thought it was just like you know it was just like a like a little message to all of us it was like we all have some sort of primal instinct that we just kind of like suppress and it is until like something clicks in all of a yep. sudden we we all we all could equally become werewolves or something like that. We all have this primal animalistic instinct within to us. To hunt, to eat. Yeah, uh, hunt, yeah. to eat, survive, you know, uh, find shelter and all that stuff. And then we go left field and talk about Nazi werewolves. And I was like, bro, this is a movie <laughs> in and of itself. I like this. Uh, I'll tell you, he and Nurse Alex really explored their primal instincts. Uh, <laughs> there you go, yes. One uh, of the animal instincts is, you know, reproduce. <laughs> Simon Mills says the nightmares David has is him losing his humanity. That, yeah, that's mm-hmm. interesting, too. Mm. Well, I kind of struggled. Like, is it is it really him losing his humanity and kind of like the transformation in his, like, you know, kind of in his subconscious? Or is it... Could be warnings? Of, yeah, because mm-hmm. he kind of struggled with like the, you know, like after a while he was like, Jack, go away. Like he kind of wanted him to leave him alone. And I think he had a hard time like accepting the fact that this was going to happen, you know, and mm. oh, it was just a matter of time until this happened. So, yeah, that that's an interesting scene. I completely forgot about the freaking uh, Nazi wolf scene. And that that, yeah, that, that sequence is, I mean, you can tell that, the, and I think it's quite well known as well, that it was it was i think the mpaa had the scissors out on that sequence if you look in the background um one of the final shots before it cuts back to the hospital is his two kids which you don't see get killed on camera um but if you look in the background you can see their dead bodies and they are ripped to shreds Whoa. absolutely oh, torn it's horrific are they on I'll fire as well frank or something i think yeah i think they're a little smoldering actually. yeah 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 wow. it's, it's a, a real split second shot that you see of the bodies of the kids and wow. it's horrific so god knows what they shot in that sequence um, that didn't make I'm it to the I'm starting to understand the cut. depressive notion after this well, movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I even remember reading, like, uh, Evil Alex, I am going to get to your comment in just a minute. Um, but, like, there was, I feel like there was a scene, I think they cut a lot of the stuff with Jack out. Like, they had other scenes. I think there was, I had read one where, like, it was supposed to be him eating, like, he picks up a piece of toast and takes a yes. bite out of it. But it, like, falls out of his throat. Like, after that was the original like plan. That. Yeah. I would have like, liked that. Wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? You would have wanted that scene, of course you would. <laughs> I think yeah. they tried to do it, but it wasn't quite working. And and uh, um, but what you get instead is you get that little flap, oh, yeah. flap of skin that just vibrates as he's talking. Oh, That's just yeah. horrible. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And it's such a like even the the stuff with Jack is so good because even like at the various stages of decay, like it's such a a, a like a a juxtaposing thing between like because he again he's still he his friend funny. he's still yeah. his friend he's mm-hmm. still his yeah. friend he's still got that like playful banter that they had you know when they're walking in beautiful whales there you go darren or uh <laughs> is it whales am i correct it is yeah yeah, yeah, that's yeah right. so yeah. there you go um but it's just it's kind of funny like it, it's such an odd you know chain of events um evil alex i love the dream sequence with the nazi wolves killing the family in the house totally bonkers uh and then also that dream would have been a good grindhouse film for itself holy crap mm, yeah, that's yeah. Whole... it would have been pretty interesting for sure there you go evil alex do the spinoff that's it we do, we do a, it's a whole spinoff of nothing but his dream uh d goo gulag uh oh no i'm late the tsl boys yeah what's going on man nice to see you hey there. Uh, so kind of even moving on, like, you know, the, the we, we talked about the transformation scene a lot. Um, 
like what even what kills me is the bone stuff like i like i can do blood and gore but the sounds of they do this really cool thing and they did it with his feet they did it with like even his like his leg almost at one point looks like like both sides of his leg is like pulling apart from his knee and like his hands mm-hmm. are extending mm-hmm. the sounds of like the like the bones like snapping and especially when his like, face oh, gets long oh, that yeah. one right there is what was kind of uncomfortable for me but yeah, yeah brad's not a fan of like uh i'm not a, I, I can't do bones i don't know why can't do bones, crunching <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Sound. well even like when he first falls out of the chair because even the transformation is kind of sudden like he falls out of the chair and he's grabbing his head but when he looks at his hands and his fingers are like extending like this, yeah yeah like that's kind of the first point where you're like holy shit <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like what is like what's going on here um even when he looks at when he says i didn't mean to call you meatloaf jack <laughs> 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 i love that man i i love their like continuous banter between you- the whole thing I think one of my favorite shots is is is, is the hair on his back coming out. Yeah, and that, that was painstakingly too. done because they had to they had to thread through the hair, every single hair on that back. And what they did was they shot it in reverse, so they pulled all the hair through, um, and then reversed it so it looked like it was growing. Yeah, um, yeah. So the little tricks like that is are just fascinating in this you know this sequence that they shot. Yeah, and, and I another thing that I think this movie does really well and really differently is like, I, I think so many other werewolf movies, like even talking about the Guillermo del Toro one um, and so many other horror films, like something like Miguel, you had mentioned malignant. And I think one thing that malignant did was it kind of, it, it waited to show you. And I like that this movie waits to show you the full mm-hmm. where, you know what I mean? We don't ever re- really, we don't get a full, I guess at the end when they're in the alley, you could say that's a full on shot of the wolf mm. but mm-hmm. you kind of just get little glimpses even the, yeah. the the sequence in piccadilly circus like it's you just get little sequence or little shots yeah the they have to be careful it. because it's a wheelbarrow basically um you Was guys it have, really is it, yeah, yeah. They, it's, it's basically a wheel so it, the scene where it's walking through piccadilly and, and, and running through the streets i think there's somebody in the costume using trick <sighs> big the hands yeah, yeah. And then cool. he's in a wheelbarrow being pushed along. Um, so you only see the sort of front end of it. Yeah. Um, I think the, for, for me, the, the and Frank and I have spoken about this a few times, one of the creepiest shots is in the subway um, when the guy's, on the, esca- the guy's on the escalator and he looks down. And Brad you can just that, yeah. at the top of the frame, you can see mm-hmm. the wolf walk into shot. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's one of the eeriest shots in the film. absolutely like and it even seeing it from david's perspective because again we talked about that earlier like this whole like battle between you know it's like he's like trying to tell himself almost like reassuring himself this isn't going to happen this is not you know he's telling jack to leave him alone but it was really creative like to see a lot of the wolf stuff from stuff from jack's perspective you know Mm -hmm. um what was your all's favorite uh yeah like what was your all's favorite death scene or sequence involving the wolf in in the in the movie once we kind of get into like once the shit hits the fan well piccadilly probably takes the whole cake uh yeah. you know from yeah. the head the severed head you know yeah. going on top of the hood or the bonnet and then just uh <laughs> just uh, uh falling out which they forgot after all that stuff was actually cleaned up and they were ready to leave someone forgot the severed head no piccadilly <laughs> they left it so Rick sent one of his team members to go get it, 
and the guy found it, awesome. went back on the tube or the subway, and he's carrying this severed head, and everyone's just looking at him. And he thought it was funny. Yeah, he's awesome. like, awesome. he's like, they yeah, were so yeah. nice, they didn't call the police on me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's almost kind of like two completely like you have the the Piccadilly Circus scene, which is just, I mean, it's just it's on crack. I mean, it's just like hardcore. Chaos. It's it's complete mm-hmm. chaos and anarchy. But like, what I like about the the guy in the subway is like you first only hear like the growls like you know he's sitting Mm -hmm. like i think he's reading a newspaper or something and you just hear the growls and what he says something like uh i somebody on youtube was like that was the most british thing he could say (laughs) i assure you this ain't one bit amusing (laughs) well he even he threatens him with the police or something like that too i shall report (laughs) this to the authorities (laughs) but like when he starts running like there, there's so much ten- like it, it that build even the final moment where you see that little tidbit of the wolf like once mm. he enters the platform like the scenes where he's running and he's kind of tripping and he's dropping his umbrella and the briefcase and like the the build up to that moment was really 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 well his done. fall I, on the escalator looked like it was painful yeah <laughs> oh yeah it did. It did. yeah and you know who that guy is no who is that he's he's bib fortuna from uh, return of the jedi you know the um, oh. the guy that guards the Jabba's palace assistant. at the start of the film? Yeah, Jabba's assistant. <laughs> the, no. the tentacle head. He is, yeah, with that the kind of big snakey. Yeah, yeah, that's him. What a cool um, trivia. Never would have thought of that. That's cool. <laughs> I think one of the other interesting things, though, is, is you know, that whole Piccadilly <laughs> sequence. Um, show Again, it's the Britishness of the scene as well, because you, you there's all this carnage unfolding. Now, had this been in Times Square... It would have been over within seconds um, because the police in the UK are not armed at all. Are you serious? And, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We don't have wow, some are. I mean, like you know, the Royal yeah. Protection guys maybe, and and you know, we do have armed units, but um, the, uh, the the usual the, the police that are on the streets or that go door to door or drive the cars are not armed, and so. In that sequence there, all that carnage unfolds because the police have no guns. And you yeah. get that shot of the armed response unit in a van traveling to the scene, uh-huh. which is when they corner the werewolf in the alleyway and then shoot mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Um, as I say, if that would have been in the US, it would have been over within seconds. But um, I was That would have been funny, Darren. Like they would all be missing yeah. each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> Ricochets and, and hitting people and uh, looking out the window. <laughs> Pulled like a Vanessa in Halloween Kills for sure. Oh, yeah. Shoot out the tire of the uh, double decker and flip over. (laughs) I think it was like earlier in the movie where like uh, he was trying to like get himself arrested or like or like get himself like, uh, you know, like, oh, yeah. 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 And he was going to the officer and like saying, like, hey, I killed these people or hey, I'm fucking psychotic. Like, take me in. And like (laughs) the way the way the cop would just like, Go home. Are you like like you don't need you are go about your business. Service. Move along. Yeah, move along or something like that. He did that Nothing in Times Square. You're getting booked and sent in oh quickly. With, with can't get arrested. Yeah. If you did that anywhere in the U.S., you'd be, you'd be, be shot. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be insane. And it's yeah. funny because he's he's trying so hard to get him. You know what I mean? Like he's literally trying every. He's like I I literally murdered people. Like you know what I mean? And and the cop is just. The paperwork are long enough. I don't need this right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Simon Mills says, I'm from Birmingham, UK, and it's so funny and true uh, about us saying lines like that. About the 
the, the I shall report this the, to the authorities. I shall report this. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I'll tell you what. Another good one is uh, another good scene with the wolf is the the couple in the kind of the courtyard thing where they're waiting on mm. the other ones for for dinner oh, and yeah. that whole <laughs> that whole thing because it kind of that's a good like face shot of the wolf too yeah yeah. when you get because i think it kind of turns and you get like a brief like you like see the whole head of the thing kind of like come out of the darkness which is pretty cool yeah Um, let's see that scene bothers me i told darren this like everyone dresses for a dinner party and everyone else has swings their brandy around and everyone (laughs) takes their brandy with them to go investigate something and then when he finds his friend uh you know half his arm you know on the ground he just looks up and it's like, oh, the night is ruined. Yeah. <laughs> golly. Yeah, golly. <laughs> well, and it's funny because then you get like, you get the whole sequence with the wolf where you get, you know, the, the couple. and But then again, we hop, we hop ship and it's like another phase of it. Then he's naked running around the zoo, which again is one of the funniest moments of the movie where he's he's like running between bushes and he's trying to, you know what I mean? He's trying to hide his junk and you get the balloon kid and it's just, it's just funny. I, I like kind of seeing that. I also, when he gets the, the red coat. Yeah, the, the, like the parka. Yeah, yeah he's got the, the parka from the lady. That's always good too. Uh, a lot of weather we've been having. A lot of weather. That's a, that's a very British thing to say as well. A lot of weather? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like rain, you know, just the weather. You know, it's never ever sunny, right, there. It's, it's barely sunny. Well, he's he's defaulting to, to, to what a usual British topic of conversation would be, um, uh, you know, because that's all people talk about in Britain with yeah. people they don't know. You know, oh, lovely day, isn't it? It's like that all the time, you know what I mean? Right. And so he just defaults to, yeah, a lot of weather we're having today. We would have played, um, we would have replied, what's so lovely about it? <laughs> it's hot as hell. It's 96 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Why are you talking you, to me? Yeah. <laughs> you all have, no, like, sir. A, I don't have a 20. No, yeah. stay away. Yeah. <laughs> Do you all have like a winter? Like a, yeah. A, okay. I didn't, they like, have, they it's, have, it's weather. all year round. <laughs> <laughs> well i didn't know if it like if it snowed a lot there you know um it depends on which part of the country you are if you are where they filmed american werewolf in wales uh then yeah you're gonna get a lot of snow because it's quite high up um but in london and and the south southeast where i live now it's we, we barely get any snow yeah if you guys did this shut down Mm, yeah, we can't cope with it if it if it does uh, if Wait. it does slow. Yeah, we, we our transport stops if there's leaves on the line, you know, <laughs> and that's Frank. a genuine thing. Due to leaves on the line, the sus- service is suspended. You know, really? Yeah, yeah. It's either that or somebody jumping. Um, Frank, do you guys do you guys like cancel school? Like, I'm a I'm a teacher, so I I see this a lot. But like, do you guys cancel school in Jersey when there's a lot oh, yeah. of snow? Yeah, yeah. yeah there's been. Uh, our normal winters, you know, we'll get uh, one day maybe uh, anywhere from ten inches to three feet, uh, wow. and you know we will still go out. People with their four wheel redneck uh, uh, <laughs> uh, big trucks that don't have a back door, or uh, you know, and the windows are all shot up and barely can even drive on the road <laughs> legally. We'll go down to the grocery store or the deli to get a cup of coffee. Why are you going out to get a cup of coffee in the blizzard? Because they want to see the plows go up and down. Yeah. 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 Well, like, it's kind of like, I don't know, like with us, you know, we get, honestly, this last winter we had, we had quite a few, we had a couple bursts where it was like, we got like a foot and a half, couple feet, like in a day, you know, where it was just a lot all at once. 
Welcome to the club. <laughs> I, know. I know. And that's, well, it's funny though, because like, well, we'll cancel school if there's three, four inches of snow on the ground. Yeah. What is going on? Why are we talking about the weather? I don't know. I don't know what. <laughs> well, I don't a know very what British doing. thing to we, do. We again. We keep getting like completely sidetracked. Uh, Evil Alex says my favorite scene is actually the theater scene, seeing the corpse around him in the dark theater, realizing what he's done. Yeah. Uh, Tiffany Moses. Uh, hey Tiffany. Hey uh, Tiffany. Hello. How are you doing? Nice to have you here. Um, you know, we we kind of talked earlier about the difficulty to classify this in like one specific genre, but you could mm-hmm. almost, I part of me almost thinks you could almost classify it as, you know, kind of a tragedy because like you have the gory grotesque moments, but there's a lot, like a lot of the emphasis I think is on David having to come to terms with Jack's warning um, and kind of the suffering of all of his victims, you know, even like kind of talking about the, uh, the, the adult theater, like you see like the three homeless guys and, you know, uh, at that point, Jack looks awful, you know? I mean, we don't even really see him uh, fully, like, in, in the light, you know? Because it's yeah. he, he just yeah. looks like a skeleton at that point. Yeah. Um, do you think you could almost kind of classify this thing as a, as a, as a tragedy? Oh, a absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's oh, devastating. Yeah. And, Unless and he the, dies the, at the end. Well, the really, you know, Frank and I's favorite moments of the movie is the very final shot when they're about to shoot him. And the wolf's face has that moment of recognition when she's pleading with with, with yeah. the police and pleading with him, uh, and it's snarling, and then it it stops, stops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and you almost see David's face, like yeah, um, it's recognizing her voice, and then it just instinct kicks in and it goes for her. Um, and we, Frank and I, have debated whether it is going for her or not. Is it just yeah. moving forward, or is it? Is it actually going to attack her? Yeah, well, uh, and, I was going to say it's, what's it happens so quick. Yeah. yeah, it happens so quick, and and I, for me, it's the beauty of this film is that there's no fat on it whatsoever. And the moment that that it, that he is executed and the body kind of resurfaces, it's over. That's it. There's no point in dwelling on yeah. it or seeing how she is or how how Doctor um, I forget his name now, Doctor. Whatever, uh, how the doctor is who runs me, down the alley afterwards. It just Graves, Doctor Graves, Hirsch, 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 yeah. Um, uh, it, it just it just cuts at the end, and that's a good point in the in the chat there. Um, back to the retro Simon, mm-hmm. it is it's tragic. It's like yes. the ending of the fly. Um, Another you, great creature you, feature. Yeah, mm-hmm. you feel for the guy. You really do, even though he's done he's done all these things. It's just instinct that's that's kicked in and he has no control over it. And like the fly, it's, it's a a tragic love story. Um, Yeah. Really, really. It chokes me sometimes. Both those films do when I see them. Yeah. Well, and even like, you know, another thing that really kind of hit me about the, the tragedy and the thing that made me think about that was the scene in the phone booth after he's pleaded with the police uh, and he, he takes the, I don't know why he was going to try to kill himself with like a, a Swiss Army knife, but he, <laughs> we you know, know that's not sharp at all. I, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's ever seen a Swiss Army knife that's actually that sharp. Uh, <laughs> but you know, when he calls his family and like he's saying goodbye to his family on the phone, and that that's kind of a really sad, kind of like mm-hmm. gut wrenching moment where it's like, damn, like that's you know he's saying goodbye to his family right now, yeah. like yeah, telling his know, little sister, you know, I do love you, you little creep. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we're still playing with her a little bit. You know, yeah. she is young. 
there there yeah. was no way for this movie to have a happy a happy no. ending you know no. what i mean no. Like, not a chance. No, re- not like really? Par- Werewolf in Paris where they're jumping, uh, bungee jumping off the Eiffel Tower getting married. That was... Oh, <laughs> Are you kidding oh, me? What? Wow. Uh, no that's way. That's awful. Yeah, he cured himself. Does that know? happen in the end? Yeah, he, oh, then they, uh, they, they, uh, they bungee jump off the Eiffel Tower in a, in a, in a tux and a bride outfit. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> I'm kind of glad they didn't do that in this one cuz like wonder, if you have uh, a resolution like that, it kind of just throws you out the movie like it doesn't it doesn't become like anything other than like a comedy or something like that. If it's a photo album thing. Oh, you remember when yeah. you turned into a werewolf? Oh, exactly. Yeah. It's like, fun. Yeah. Try explaining that one to your kids. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and it's what's so remarkable about this whole thing. Like, you know, it is kind of what we said at the beginning is that balance between, you know, really visceral horror plus, you know, incredibly well-written comedy and the tragedy and the sadness mm-hmm. of it. I mean, it, it's remarkable. Uh, Miguel, what was your take on the ending? Uh, do you think there was a moment between Alex and, and David is the wolf? Or do you think that was really the wolf just getting ready to show his, I would new, say his newfound was... primal instincts off? <laughs> I like the initial idea whenever I thought about when I watched this movie that it was literally just his animal instincts coming into play. Cause I think it was like the full embodiment of like the werewolf at that point. Cause like, he was like, well, this was the final moment. He was going to be a werewolf. So it was just pure animal instinct until he was put down. Like there was yeah. zero of his humanity in there, but mm-hmm. I liked what you said there. And like, you could still sense like a little bit of humanity whenever mm-hmm. uh, the nurse comes in and tries to like, uh, uh, reason console. with him. Yeah. 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 Reason with him. I like that because it kind of plays into like almost all of the other creature films, like like The Fly and even like King Kong. Like even though he is like a giant gorilla ape, he has that humanity when he has Anne in front of in front of him. Mm-hmm. So like, and like obviously he gets shot down, and he falls off the Eiffel Tower. But it's like, yeah, I like that aspect of like giving it some sort of like it still has some sort of humanity inside him, and that really uh really plays into the, to the tragedy part of of the movie where like it sucks because they were only there just to visit uh london they're just there to visit another country and um, they're faced with this absolute traumatizing event and now he's cursed for so long to to live these last final weeks as like a Mm -hmm. primal animal uh that's just gonna get killed off as if it's like a rabid dog or rabid raccoon like on the side of the street and he doesn't remember changing and he doesn't remember anybody he kills until they come to him yeah, and I wanted to mention this in the in the theater for a second. The part that I thought I thought that was so like like comedic in that area that was the fact one it was an adult film like okay sure, and two <laughs> when it kept showing up all of his victims, they didn't seem particularly like upset that they were like mauled to death. It was more like an inconvenience <laughs> to them. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it was like, like I was like I was at a party. I was sleeping on the side of the road and you just mauled me to death. Okay, uh, sure, I guess. And now I have to sit in purgatory. What this wasn't how I pictured my yeah. Tuesday night. Yeah, the couple was like, hello. <laughs> hello. Well, you, the three homeless guys are just kind of like <sighs> Yeah, can't see what pleased to meet you, Mr. David. (laughs) Uh, You know, there was actually a, uh, I think it's been like over a decade now, there's been talk of like a a potential remake or a reimagining, but Mm -hmm. from the best I can tell, I don't think it's made any headway. I think for a while, uh, Robert Kirkman, who we kind of talked about The Walking Dead a little bit earlier, but Robert Kirkman, uh, I think was in talks to write that. 
it, it was actually uh, he may have been um, he may be now I don't I don't know but for for quite some time Max Landis John Landis's son yeah. was um, had had was going to remake the movie um, and then unfortunately he got cancelled um, oh, no. yeah yeah so um, for, oh. for for a number of reasons and so that's kind of vanished now that's gone. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, along with Max Landis, unfortunately, but well, um, and I mean, even with COVID and everything, I like the you know state of everything. Like, who knows if it was mm. dropped or you know? Yeah, I yeah. Know. yeah. I would like so, to I mean, see you know an English an English werewolf in New York. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. We'd be that shot. would be a thirty minutes. Yeah, minutes. That'd be a thirty minute episode. In the subway, everyone just shoots him. <laughs> everybody yeah every, not only the cops but every all the like just new york riders and everything they just push them in front of them <laughs> uh jaded says london citizens are the most polite victims of brutal killing <laughs> 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 what the hell was That's that for good. yeah ha- have either of you seen a european vacation Oh, I love, dude. My my favorite movie of all time is Christmas Vacation. So I love I love that scene. You love those movies. Yeah. So there's a scene in European Vacation with Eric Idle plays a cyclist who gets run over by the Griswolds, yeah. and he's kind of got a compound fracture, and his wrists are split open, and he's pissing blood everywhere, and he's oh going, God. "Oh, don't worry about it, old chap. It's just a flesh wound. It will be okay." And <laughs> um, that's where all that kind of you know. <laughs> unapologetic Brit <laughs> charm comes from. So, yeah. And apparently everybody over there thinks we're from New York. <laughs> that uh, is yeah. very true. Everyone's like, oh, you know, where are you from? New York? You know, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just have to say yes, because if I say I'm from Jersey, they think I'm up at the island. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, but, and if they yeah, everybody's from they New York, from Kentucky, they'll think, well, what are you doing wearing shoes? It must be interesting wearing shoes now, right? Or something like Where's that. Where's your jug? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Y'all make moonshine, right? How's your fiddle? <laughs> <laughs> and if they see me, like I'm, I'm for, I'm like a hundred percent Latino, but I'm born and raised in, uh, in Kentucky. So like to see me is like a rare occasion with my, uh, slash country accent or something like that. Well, it, don't think I'm a hybrid. <laughs> even when, we, even when we were, when we were like, you know, in school growing up, like everybody made fun of Miguel as like an immigrant and he was, I, I'm from Florida. I'm not even really <laughs> i grew up in florida so like miguel's the only one of our friends that are actually from kentucky <laughs> you know? and he's always made fun of the, the uh the immigrant uh slasher fred i've noticed that the movie has many references to the original wolfman especially uh when david and jenny are in bed and he asks her if she's ever seen the wolfman and she yeah. thinks he's referring to the curse uh of the werewolf which was called the wolfman in england yeah that's interesting mm-hmm. I, I don't know if mm-hmm. i uh i don't know if i picked up on that um that's right. It was um, an Oliver Reed um, movie. Was the Curse yeah. of the Werewolf in the UK? They talk um, about Lon Chaney in there. That's right. You know, yeah. In the movie yeah. as well. Yep. Yeah. Little little Easter eggs. Uh, mm. Simon Simon Mills says uh, Curse of the Werewolf with Oliver Reed, a Hammer film. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've never seen Curse of the Werewolf. It's good. fun because well, the original uh, the original like Universal Monsters Wolfman was just called the Wolfman, right? If mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That honestly, they was be that kind supposed of to be a part of uh, the Universal Monsters, like uh, Benicio del Toro. That was a part of the Universal Monsters. I think that was that was, was before. That, when they... that was before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They, but so they, they were, were moving. Universal was moving on to bring back their Universal yeah, Monster. Yeah. Like that yeah. was. Oh yeah. 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 Tom Cruise know. killed that. 
yeah, yeah i was I gonna ask you guys in regards to like universal monsters did you see like before the mummy obviously like did you think the idea of universal monster was like something like extremely interesting to like delve into or did you knew that was going to be like a flop from the start um i um, i like the universal monsters but it's, it's hard to it's hard to do another bella lugosi but uh yeah. Dracula did that very well. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola in '92 mm -hmm. uh, with uh, Gary Oldman as Dracula. That's probably yep. the best Universal monster type ad adaptation to the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, they can't get Frankenstein right. Yeah, they can't I would agree get with him that. Right. Yeah, because he's just like... another tragic monster as well. And mm -hmm. like almost every single one of the Universal yeah. monsters are tragedy stories in and of itself. And it's, uh, I guess, it's hard to like put that into a film and actually make it something that's like worthy of uh worthy of the runtime, I guess. Cause it's hard to make it not sound like brooding, like the entire mm. time the movie's like, Oh, you right. know, what's going to happen to him burned up in a shed, killed at a stake, shot by a silver bullet. Like, <laughs> you know, what's going to happen, but how do you make, how do you make the story much more interesting and not just make it way too brooding of like, Oh, well, mm. you know, and how do you feel sympathy it. for this creature? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I've always said, and you know, him and I have kind of talked about this too. But I feel like there's, I feel like there is a way to legitimately make the Universal monster scary again. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think you could do mm. that. Like, if somebody with, a, and I'm not saying to create a universe. That's not what I mean because I know we live in MCU world where everything has to be connected to everything. But like, even if they were just standing in the multiverse, film, like I know, mm. <laughs> I know, right? But like, I. You know, even with Dracula, like I feel like you could make a legitimately scary Dracula movie well, they, if you wanted to. They managed it with the Invisible Man. I thought that was a very good yeah. retelling and and scary. You know, right. the I mean, scene it, in it, the restaurant is. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it brought it into the 21st century, but it still stayed true to like what mm -hmm. you know what the original one did really well. So, mm. um, so we're at about an hour and 26 minutes, guys. If you have uh, questions for Frank and Darren, please throw them in the chat. Uh, real quick, um, I know kind of Halloween ends is the big, uh, the big topic in horror right now. Uh, real quick, as we wrap up here, what's your else take on uh, Halloween ends? What's the, uh, what's your your dream scenario for how how Halloween ends ends? So my whole thing is that Michael can't die. He can't. Mm. But since we know this through Halloween one through uh, through part six, you know, because he changed his form to basically human to having parts of like supernatural mm -hmm. uh i mean in part six he got shot in the chest with a uh you know with, with a tear gas gun he got up uh, yeah. but for me i think what would what should be the best ending would be is as he kills everybody get rid of laurie get rid of hawkins laurie first of all get rid of her uh, <laughs> first they, five minutes of the movie yeah first done, done i could see um, that honestly yeah they surround him like they did in kills in 78 and then just as the morning uh, sun's about to come up and you get the morning fog come I in you guys in kentucky know nothing about morning fog uh, <laughs> as soon as that comes in you know he disappears in it and all is left is behind is his mask and he's done that would be you cool. don't find him cool. at all and allison mm -hmm. is just like no <laughs> and he's done he's done with haddonfield he'll never come back again if that happens, I need Loomis overdubbed, like from the end of H4. No! I need that overdubbed <laughs> over top of it. Uh, Darren, how about yourself? Um, I mean, initially, I mean, I've said this quite a few times, but initially I, I wanted John Carpenter to direct the final episode and just ha have him bookend his career and, and yeah. finish off the Halloween franchise. 
Um, I hope we're going to get exactly what I wanted, which is a really small, uh, intimate, claustrophobic Halloween movie along the lines of the original. Um, I just want more cat and mouse and less killing. I just that's all I want. I want more atmosphere, less less violence, less gore. uh, Just a really creepy, spooky haunted house type Halloween movie like we got in the 70s and I'll be really happy so far the signs are pointing in that direction mm-hmm. hopefully mm-hmm. Um, so I'm happy so far I love the fact that we know absolutely nothing about this film I think it's yeah. great and it really really I, I love sitting back and watching um, <laughs> people drive themselves mad trying to conjure up nope. you know oh it's a dream oh they're brother and sister again oh he's gonna fall off the radio tower <laughs> it's just i love all this stuff because i i'm guessing that when it does get revealed people couldn't be further away from the truth so yeah. uh yeah it's it's fun it's well fun. even I, I, like a lot of people have been have really sunk into this whole i think ryan turk said something about covid like a long time ago and they're like mm-hmm. oh it's gonna be about covid and it's like i was <sighs> like ah, i don't I don't think that they would do that. You know what I mean? Like, especially since I think it's they already... said that they would. It would reference COVID. I right. think that was it, and Which it, it could be a throwaway comment fine. or yeah. a mask in a drawer, or you know, yeah. something like a that. mask in the drawer. <laughs> It'd be funny if she, like Lori, like she's frantic. She, she's opening drawers and stuff, and she's having to like go through an N95 in there. Yeah, I know hand sanitizer <laughs> and masks, and just, she pulls out a gun and it's like, ah. Oh. Yeah, every scene is a hand sanitizer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, uh, yeah. I I don't know. For me, I, Frank, I kind of disagree with you. I I would like to see Michael and Lori go out together. Um, I, I feel like that's a good natural way to 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 bookend it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I don't know. I, my fear. I don't necessarily have a problem with Michael living. But my fear is that somebody's going to come along and say, uh, no, that really wasn't how that Halloween really didn't end. Now we're going to do a Halloween begins or Halloween, you know, return. I don't know. Like I you find I, Michael I collecting carts at the uh, local grocery store. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Actually, he's working at the local grocery store. He's a, he's a he, he's bagging up people's groceries. With the red vest. On, yeah. You know. Kind of like kind of like in Shawshank Redemption where uh, the older gentleman uh, finally gets out. Oh, Brooks and the, yeah, a terrible, red. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> doing a terrible job at personal it. business boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, a couple of questions for you guys before we get out of here. Uh, Jay Dead says, if you could have a remake of an American Werewolf, who's directing? Ooh, interesting. Uh, and what's one thing you would have to change? I'd go with Guillermo uh, directing, uh, and I would want to set it in modern times, past COVID or post COVID. Mm. Excuse me. Uh, you know, Del Toro did a a really good job with The Shape of Water, kind of making that a love letter mm-hmm. yeah. to a Creature from the Black Lagoon. So maybe he would take a spin on it. Um, I would not, I would actually change it to a different city right now. I think it would be an American wolf in Moscow would be perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Or Tokyo. uh... Could you imagine that? All those people. I could see Tokyo would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The flashing lights and video uh... games all over. Mm -hmm. And just to see Ma- their like culture, you know, intertwine with like an American yeah, in there that would be and cool. everything. So yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool. That would be pretty cool. This guy who's armed with chopsticks, you know, just <laughs> <laughs> silver tipped. My go-to director directors at the moment are Lee Winnell 
um, because he did an amazing job on Invisible Man and Upgrade. I don't. Did you guys see Upgrade? I haven't the, seen Upgrade. The Lee Wanell I told movie. Brad about Upgrade. It's an interesting uh, concept. It's I haven't fantastic. seen it, but like, yeah. Oh man, that film's violent. It's so mm-hmm. good. It's kind of like what Venom should have been. Um, yeah. Yes. Give it a watch. It's really, really good. Um, the other film that he did, obviously, Invisible Man, is great. Um, so I'd kind of like him to do, have a, a stab at American Wolf in London. The other director I would want is Alexander Aja, who did mm. Hills of Eyes, Piranha, yep. Crawl. Um, he's great at I creature features. I actually like Crawl. I thought Crawl Crawl's was good. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crawl is really good. Um, and and his his one of his first films as well, Switchblade Romance, or depends where you high w- tension, high yeah. tension. It's called. It's a French horror film. Amazing stuff. Um, yeah. uh, so I think he would be really good at directing an American Werewolf remake. For sure, man. I agree with that. Mm. Uh, Slasher Fred, the movie Child's Play 2 has many Frankenstein references. Chucky being brought back to life with electricity um, and him searching for his former creator slash owner in hopes of becoming human only to have him reject him. Uh, yeah, that's deep. Uh, that is actually pretty deep. That, Very deep. I, I dig that. Uh, I think uh, they're making a Wolfman film with uh, Rain Coslin from Invisible. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that's who you were talking about, Darren, correct? Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> back to the retro. Simon says evil dies tonight. Simon Mills says evil dies tonight. Uh, we listen. We do not need any more evil dies tonight. I can <laughs> tell you that right now. Uh, D Gulag, uh, Darren and Frank are awesome guests. They absolutely are. Thanks, man. guys. Thank yeah. you. Uh, Jay did. Halloween ends will mostly be a suspense-filled movie with only a few deaths. I think it's going to be the hunt for Myers for the first two thirds of the film. I'd be okay with that, honestly. Mm. Even if we, even if we didn't reveal michael until the last like the third act like that would keep him in the shadows yeah that would be yeah. really cool actually well you guys remember the poster for halloween five right it says it said the return and then they put the revenge of michael myers and then the subtitle was now they're ready for him they were yeah. just the whole movie was them like running around like we don't know where he is <laughs> i know yeah yeah i think it was wasn't it this time they're waiting they're ready. Or something like that. They're, they're ready for him. <laughs> they're ready, ready for, for him. him. Who's ready for him? Yeah. Well, we actually, we just did an episode on uh, on the main show about this, like why the mob thing didn't work. Like it mm. just, because I was so like seeing the trailer, I was so excited for the mob thing and kills because I was like, man, this is different. Like this is going to be like Halloween four on steroids. Like it's going to be really cool. But even the drunk dads in Halloween four had more organization than this mob yeah i mean it was just organization like, uh, uh, they killed their just... brother bob in a bush taking a piss uh, no, in a bush uh, yeah um yeah uh but yeah it just uh, there was no like killed the pervert no, <laughs> like miguel had said this i was like you know there needs to be a moment where like you know maybe they all suck and they're unorganized but like there's that brave heart they come together they're organized and then michael still wipes the floor with them and that's cool but it was just like by the time we got to the hospital and Anthony Michael Hall's jumping over the, the chairs going, evil dies tonight. It was just like, what the hell? Is-? <laughs> like, how did, how did we get here? Like there was no, uh, it was just, it was weird. Very yeah. strange. Uh, <laughs> I would uh, say the did. mob was like semi campy in, in that regard too. Oh, bracket was yeah, lost. Like-, like he was in, he forgot his, <laughs> you know, his room number. Yeah. Uh says an American werewolf in Colombia, cocaine fueled werewolves. Is all- oh my word. <laughs> then Al Pacino can be in the movie. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Tina was not ready for Myers. Are we talking Tina in uh Tina? 
Tina. Yeah. I still think she's such a bitch for leaving Jane. I want to see a real life cookie woman make an appearance. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, that can be the, when they reboot this in 10 years, that can be, it's Halloween. Cookie woman. Cookie woman. <laughs> uh, Simon Mills says, who's your favorite werewolf out of Ian Shanley, uh, Jr., Oliver Reed, David, uh, Naughton, Jack Nicholson, and Del Toro? I think I would have to go to Mr. Lon Chaney. I think so. Uh, David Norton for me. Mm. Solid, 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 solid. Uh, real quick, last comment. Uh, I don't want a remake. I want new stuff, more original horror, a new werewolf film. Haven't seen a good one in years. I, I agree with that. I think yes. uh, I-, I do hope they kind of let um, – I hope they let Halloween sit for a little while. I'm I'm kind of to the point where I'm like, I love it's it. It's all I in do... a name, right? The name is right. the, 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 the on the marquee. Yeah. Now, if they say Amityville, they're going to – they know they're going to draw people in, and it could be yep. about a haunted mm-hmm. car for all we Absolutely. know. Absolutely. You know, and it, again, in 10 years, like that, that's cool. Remake it. I mean, I, I think that's cool. And, you know, I have thoughts on that too. But, like, honestly, the, what I would like to see, if we're going to go back to one of the 80s slashers, I really want to see the Duffer Brothers from Stranger Things remake Elm Street. I think that after seeing this. If you guys this... have seen the new season of Stranger Things, you could, you would agree with us. And knowing that, like, they, they would do a great job in rebooting oh. Nightmare on Elm Street. Maybe yeah. a musical? Perhaps, yeah. <laughs> I need fr- Freddie and like Freddie and like stirrups doing a whole like, <laughs> like nothing, nothing but show tunes. It's like him doing and the all uh, the arrhythmics, you know, uh, sweet dreams, you know. Just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tap dancing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, guys, we want to thank you both so much for joining us in this one. Uh, It's been an absolute treat to have you on. If you would, um, we're going to have you guys hang out until we got off the air, and then the four of us can say our legit goodbye. Um, Before we go, uh, I think most of the people kind of listening and in this space know who you guys are, but, you know, for good measure, um, plug your channel, let everybody know where they can find you guys at. Uh, You guys can do that. Um, Yeah, we're... um, uh... The Slaughtered Lamb Movie Podcast on YouTube. Uh, we're also we also have a Facebook group with quite a lot of um, subscribers in there. Great community. Uh, so you know, give us a subscribe or come along to the Facebook group and say hello. Um, and also, if you're if you're from our channel that are watching Brad and Miguel today, give these guys a sub. They do great mm-hmm. stuff. So I Thank can you. see a few of our regular guys um, in the chat and stuff. So if you're not subscribed to Brad and Miguel, give them a, give them a sub and a like. Yeah, they're fun. Appreciate that. Appreciate that, guys. Appreciate it. All right. That is going to do it for us in episode number 13 of Purely and Simply Evil. Thank you to everybody in the chat for hanging out with us today. Again, big thank you to Frank and Darren. Uh, New episodes of our shows premiere every single Tuesday and Saturday at 8 p.m. and 10 a.m. Eastern. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at We Talk the Movies. You guys are amazing, and we will talk to you soon. See ya. Take care, folks. Ta-da.